Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices, Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. Back in 1993, B.J. Walker was one of the scheduled evangelists for Camp Gilead in Cardington, Ohio. He preached this message titled, The Natural Man, the Carnal Man, and the Spiritual Man. This is a wonderful sermon, and I know you're going to enjoy this message. This is not a sermon. I really don't have a subject. But I want to share just a few things with you this morning. First um, Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to look at just um, maybe verse 14 and 15. Then we'll drop down into chapter 3. Um, Brother David Neville touched on some of this in one of his messages. Um... If you, if you study chapter 2 and chapter 3, you'll discover that Paul classifies humanity in three classifications. These are not national classifications, but they're moral and spiritual classifications. And every one of us here this morning is in one of those three classifications. And if you look at verse 14... You will notice, first of all, that Paul mentions the natural man. He talks about the natural man. And you read on and you find he talks about the carnal man. And then you'll see that he talks about the spiritual man. Really, folks, every one of us are in one of those categories. We're either natural or carnal or spiritual. There's nowhere else to be. That will locate you if you'll study that real close. You'll notice there he says, but the natural man. I told you I don't know Greek, but I understand that word is psychikos in the Greek language. He says two things about this natural man. Number one, he receives not the things of the Spirit of God. He has no spiritual receptivity. The natural man, who is he? He's an unsaved man. He's unregenerated. He doesn't know God. He's a lost man. Now, he may be a moral man. He may be a cultured man. He may be a good man in that sense. He may be educated. But still, he's a natural man. Never been saved. And the scripture says he receives not the things of the Spirit of God. No more. He can no more receive those things than a blind man can receive the beauty of a sunrise. No use to talk to a blind man about the sunrise. He doesn't have the, he doesn't have the ability to, to see it. 
or no more than, than you can talk to a, a deaf man about the beautiful music. He can't receive it. The blind man can't receive it. Neither can uh, uh, the deaf man receive it. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. And number two, it says they are, it says neither can he know them. He doesn't receive it, and neither does he know or understand it, for spiritual things are spiritually discerned or understood. Now, you've got to know the author of this book before you can understand the book. It's amazing how, it's amazing how much spiritual knowledge some people have that have never, never, can't even, can't even write their name, can't spell their name. And yet God has given them such a grasp and such an insight into the, into the things of God. It's amazing. There's the natural man. I believe Nicodemus was one of those kind of men. I believe Saul of Tarsus was one of those men. Both of them were religious. And, 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 and Paul said it's touching the law, blameless. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, of the tribe of Benjamin, and yet Saul of Tarsus didn't know Jesus. And old Nicodemus, I mean, he was a ruler of the Jews. I mean, I mean, he knew the Mosaic law backwards and forwards. He was a member, perhaps, of the Sanhedrin. He was a member of the high steeple church, but he was religious, but he wasn't saved. He was a moral man, a natural man. And we got our churches full of people like that. I mean, I mean, they're decent people. A lot of them are moral people, good people, hardworking people, but they're unregenerate. They're still natural people. And they don't know they're supernatural. They don't know God. And then Paul goes on. He talks about another class down there in chapter 3, and he calls him the carnal man. Four times Paul says to these people at Corinth, you are yet carnal. Now, that's a different word. They tell us that word is sarkakos. You are yet carnal. Now, they weren't natural, but they weren't altogether spiritual. He said, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. He didn't say they were natural. He didn't say they were spiritual, but he said, you're carnal. And they were brethren, too. There's a lot of carnal brethren. They're brothers. Could I say something? And, and I hope you won't think I'm being judgmental or mean, but I, I believe with all of my heart the vast majority of believers remain in a carnal state. The majority of them remain carnal. The, the minority are spiritual. If we, if we could get all the carnal folk saved in our churches, we would have revival. It would cure about 98% of our local church problems. You know who's causing trouble? It's carnal people. The sinner isn't, gonna, isn't going to cause you trouble in the church. He doesn't cause trouble at camp meeting. He doesn't tear up conferences. The sanctified don't cause trouble. They're not troublemakers. And they get along with one another. Well, amen, they do. Father, sanctify them that they all may be one, even as we are. That the world might know that you sent me. 
There's no contention. There's no division. There's no arguing and fighting between the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. There's perfect unity, perfect oneness in the Godhead. I say, I say it isn't the sanctified that are causing the trouble, and it isn't the poor sinner that's causing the trouble, but it's carnal people that are causing the trouble. And if you're a troublemaker, you're carnal, my friend. I know it's so. You talk about the fruits of holiness. When Joshua and Caleb went over to Canaan, they got there at the time of the first ripe grapes around the valley of Eskel. And it said they found one cluster of grapes and they cut it down and it said it took two men to carry that cluster of grapes back to the town. And I used to read that. I thought them little weaklings, little sissy weaklings took two men to carry a cluster of grapes home. But somebody told me they were over there and they went to the valley of Eskel and they said the topsoil in that valley is 40 feet deep. It's been running in there for centuries and they grow such grapes in there to some of them weigh over 20 pounds in one cluster and some of them are as big as golf balls. Well, when I read that, I understood why it would take two men to carry 20, a 20 pound cluster of grapes back home. And I'll tell you what that I'll tell you what that cluster of fruit did. It held two wholeness preachers together till they could get home. And I'll tell you, if we get holiness in our hearts, it'll hold us together till we get home. It will hold us together. Holiness unites, carnality divides. Carnality divides your heart, it'll divide your church, it'll divide your home. It doesn't care who it splits or divides. Holiness will blend us together. It won't freeze us together, but it'll meld us together. Brother J.M. Sullivan tells about and a certain out in the country, there were two farmers. And he said they had fish ponds adjoining their, their land. And they had ducks floating around in both of those fish ponds. And, and they, they swam in their own little ponds. But he said there come a gully washer. There come a cloud burst. And he said both ponds filled up. And they began to run into one another. And he said the ducks, they were swimming together. They got in one another's duck pond. You couldn't tell where the boundaries were. Some of us, you know, when the, when the water's not too high, we kind of get isolated and become denominational. But you let the Holy Ghost come and begin to fill up our little pines. Amen. Old Brother Sullivan said, when, when the corn gets high, it hides, it hides the, the fence, the fence line. You don't know where the fence line's at when the corn's hot. But you let her get short, and there it is. Some Christians remind me of these little safety match boxes. They won't catch fire unless they scratch them on their own little box. 
If it in my little box, you won't catch on fire. But as sure as you scratch my little box, I'll ha 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 ha. Yes, sir. What well, amen, anyhow? Well, how are you? Jesus. to think nobody had it but the pilgrims. But I went on and I found out. The Lord said, I've got sheep that are not of this fold. The body of Christ is one all over the world. And we need to understand that. Some of them are black. Some of them are white. Some of them are red. Some of them are yellow. If you have love one to another. (laughs) 
right to feel good? Is it all right to be happy? I think some people just got enough religion to bug them and not bless them. I was up in Indiana three or four years ago getting my radiator worked on. There was an elderly lady standing there. We got to talking and I said, where'd you come from? She said, I just flew in from Los Angeles. She said, my daughter lives out there. Said, uh, she called me and said, Mom, if you'll come out, I'll pay your airplane ticket. I said, so you flew, did you? I said, I've never been up in one of them big planes. I said, how did you fly? She said, I went first class. I said, I've never been up. I said, tell me what's the difference in going first class and second class? Well, she said, if you go first class, it'll cost you more. You'll enjoy the trip so much better. Send them better to you. Amen. Everything's included in the ticket. I guess some people may get there going second class. But look what you're going to miss. If they get in by the skin of the I don't want to go that way. I want to pay the full price. And enjoy the trip. Enjoy the trip. The better to you. A lot of benefits if you'll pay the full price. That stewardess will come down there passing out the goodies. And it's all included in the ticket. Help yourself. You paid the price. You're going first class. I don't want to be cheated out of a thing. I want everything that's included in the ticket. <laughs> everything Calvary provided. I want it. I want it. I want it. I've been in services when the heavenly, when the heavenly stewardess had come down the aisle and pass out the goodies and somebody would smile from here to here and get excited, they'd get blessed and somebody would look around. I don't feel nothing. I don't see nothing in there. You know why you don't? You didn't pay the full price. You can actually, literally, honestly enjoy your trip from earth to glory and, and have a good time on the way. Would somebody say amen? Have you found it that way? I believe we'll build up a head of steam. We need to build up a good head of steam. Some people they build up enough steam to even blow the whistle. Old brother Walter Hudson used to tell me, said when we used to go to Hope Sound, said I couldn't lose my wife. There'd be 3,000 people there, and they'd get all mixed up, you know, and a hugging and a going here. But he said, I could always find her. I said, how's that, brother? He said, she'd sound her, she'd sound her siren, and said, I could find her anywhere. I sound just like a siren going off. Fire somewhere, the fire, the fire alarm's going off. You know it's illegal to hold a fire in a crowded building unless there really is a fire. But if there really is, you got a perfect right to hold fire. I believe there's enough around here. We can all holler fire. 
going. It's all night. God don't need no match. Isn't that good? God doesn't need a match. He's fired himself. Somebody contradicted this statement I made one time. I said the first thing a fellow will do when he gets on fire, he'll run. It's a natural reaction. If your britches legs on fire, if your if your if your skirts on fire, the first reaction is to run. And somebody has to run you down and throw you down and roll you over to put the fire out. I would God would set us on fire. God will set us on fire. Somebody said, well, I'd never run. I'm not the running kind. God bless your heart. I'd never run. You better be careful. I'll tell you what, friends. When Elijah... When Elijah prayed the fire down, and then he prayed the water down, he built up a good, a good uh, head of steam. And the next thing you see, Elijah's running, and he ran for 18 miles. He's an old man, and the hand of the Lord was on him, and he ran for 18 miles faster than any marathon runner can run. Never had a heart attack, never had a stroke, never fell down. Ran 18 miles ahead of Ahab's chariot. Outran those horses. Say, how can he do it, preacher? The hand of the Lord was upon him. Don't say, I won't do it. That may be the very thing the Lord will ask you to do. The Bible said, run this race with patience. Run it. I'm loving her out before this thing's over. I ain't going to try until he says, but I'm ready to go. The pistol's cocked and ready to go any time. One old brother said, I'll tell you one thing. I said, I said, are you behaving yourself? He said, I'll tell you one thing, preacher. If these legs weren't like they are, I'd be up or running. Well, you say it's not all in running. Well, it's not all in sitting there either. You say it's not all in this noise. Well, it ain't all in that quietness either. There's a time to make noise, and there's a time to be quiet. And evidently, this is a time to make a little noise. I think we ought to celebrate. The Bible says to celebrate God. Paint the town red. Amen. Well, they're having a they're having a fire or something up here, and they're celebrating something. And I think we got a perfect right to celebrate. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA. Spend pants, I don't wanna lose the